OTB GAA. You don't just have a speech the Wednesday before a game. You go out and you rile up your team and go out and play the match with fire and brimstone. Now you analyse teams to death. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Let's start with last night. So you're covering Manchester City in the main for the Athletic. Erling Haaland scores five goals. Man City wins 7-0. He becomes Manchester City's all-time season uh, top scorer. 39 goals. You have to go back to 1929 for the seasonal record to be uh, broken. I dare say he's going to break every record that exists at Manchester City and then some. Uh, <laughs> what's it like in the stadium? I mean, the, the camera cuts to his dad. They're jumping around in a corporate box having a good time. Everybody's uh, cheering and, and almost turning to each other and, and there's kind of like, uh, yeah. oh my God, like we're just witnessing a parody of himself here. Yeah, it is that turning to each other in, in disbelief situation. I mean, that's what me and my colleague were, were doing as well. You know, when he scored the kind of two identical goals from rebounds from corners, he's booted them in. You're just looking at each other like, what is actually going on here? Uh, it's happened a few times this season. I think the Manchester derby, when they won 6-3, was was fairly similar. And I mean, the strange thing about Haaland is he kind of not stumbles his way to hat-tricks, but he's just there. There's. I was trying to make this point on a podcast last night. Like when Luis Suarez was having his amazing season for Liverpool, and or you know, Salah, for example, Thierry Henry, whenever they'd score hat-tricks or loads of goals or be taking the league by storm, it'd be so explosive, they'd have so many touches coming in off the wing or whatever it may be, beating players. But it's just, it, sometimes it just gets to half-time and you go, oh, Haaland's got another hat-trick, has he? He's just in the right place. You know, of those five goals last night, nobody really assisted him. He was just there. Yeah. Obviously, the first one was a penalty and then, and then he was just there. He, he just knows knows how to do it so yeah it was that kind of feeling of disbelief and you mentioned the camera was panning to his dad but I think it was after he scored the fifth the camera just panned back to him at the end of his celebration and he kind of shrugged and smiled at whoever the nearest teammate was like even he was just like well what can you say um, yeah a very just the home games at the Etihad for the Champions League are really good they're, they're, the, they're the best City games for me and I was, I was glad last night was another one I mean even if um, Leipzig had played more of their part and scored a few more goals themselves that would have been great but just it, they're the best most entertaining City games for me and yeah it's good that they'll have another one at least well they sure will I mean like there's just so much to analyse in what he does and then there are other goals where you're like well how has that fallen to him how has that mm. he manifested that certainly the De Bruyne strike off the crossbar his anticipation there just stands out a mile. I mean, he's such a big frame that even when De Bruyne is rocketing a ball towards the goal, Haaland's vaguely in your uh, consciousness. And, you know, the defenders are goal side of Haaland when the shot is taken. But mm. the second he sees De Bruyne lining up, he turns and he starts moving. And uh, who knows how many runs he makes in vain, but uh, sometimes... Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we see those as well. And then I thought the, I mean, the, the header itself was really good. That was not an easy header from an, an athletic point of view to get up and react. And as for the fourth goal, I mean, the, the athleticism again for that header and ball back to him and he smashes it in and he just makes it look so easy. The fifth goal with the right foot makes it look so easy. And you're kind of thinking, Pep, do not take him off. Do not take yeah, him off. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't, because a couple of times this season he's been on two and he's been taken off. And I can't remember if he had, I think he had four already but it may have been three when City made their first two subs and he stayed on but I remember thinking he's going to get to five here and then Pep will take him off and then he did and you know Pep, Pep's not really bothered he, 
it makes sense to, you know, rest him and give minutes to other players and all that kind of thing. But you do want to see just how many goals he could actually get. And you mentioned the various aspects of his of his different goals there. The one with the, the header from De Bruyne hitting the bar mm. and his movement and his anticipation. The thing about that was, if you go back 10 seconds before that, he charged in to close down the keeper, kind of barged into the keeper. Keeper booted it downfield. Akanji booted it back. And he could think he'd easily be offside there. He could easily be offside if he just had if he hadn't kept moving. Yeah. But after closing down the keeper, he got well back onside. Like there was no danger of him being offside. And then again, as basically pick up as, as you described it, as De Bruyne lines up the shot, he then gets in behind the defence again. But again, he's already onside and then times it well. And that that level of movement and anticipation is incredible. And I've been trying to work out how. Like he's he had that kind of upbringing in Norway where they was with the same age group from eleven to sixteen, all of them together, and they played a lot. But like all the best footballers in the world play loads of football. Got loads, all the rubbish footballs in footballers in the world play a lot of football. Like Messi played loads of football, but not everyone who plays loads of football has got the the magic that Messi has. Not everyone who's played loads of football has got that that knack of being in the right places. Harland has, and that's the real. That's the real skill that he's got. You know what he was asked, wasn't he? What's your super super strength? And he was like, I have to say scoring goals. Like, it's hard to argue with that. He just, <laughs> knows, he just knows how to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm super curious to get your take on the type of season he's having at City because and and these it, you would think these are mutually exclusive and, and, and somehow I don't think they are. On the one hand, he's just scored 39 goals and is Manchester City's all-time, breaking that record from 1929, all-time seasonal uh, record goal scorer, and that record is going to be extended considerably. And so you look at that and you say, this has been outrageous. And then on the very uh, opposite side of the ledger, there are numerous times we watch Manchester City and he seems to be uh, roundly ignored by his teammates far too often, far too often. You think, it's not quite clicking, and he should be getting more service and he must be a frustrated figure uh, you would think both of those things can't both be true but it does feel that way that is my sense of his season Sam yeah and I think the crux of it really is he's not a Messi he's not an Mbappe that can make things happen uh, by himself I mean obviously look, once once the ball's in the box we've just talked about his ability to, to be in the right area but if City aren't getting the ball in the box then it's much harder for him. He, he can't go and drop deep and get it and beat a few players and put it in the top corner. So it's not going to happen. You know, maybe it happens once, but it doesn't happen every week, which is the Mbappe and, and Messi situation. And so basically, teams won't play like Leipzig did. They won't try and play up in the back and they won't get caught so often. And then you won't have these kind of transition situations where De Bruyne and Haaland and everyone else can exploit them. Um, you've normally you've got teams sitting deep in the Premier League, this is, um, getting two, three, four men around him. City can't get him the ball as a result. As you say, sometimes it seems like they ignore him. I think Guardiola's trying to fully harness Haaland in terms of he doesn't want to play fully to his strengths and get the ball in behind him too often because it risks City losing the ball easily and then them getting counter-attacked. Guardiola doesn't want that. So I think sometimes the players are going out there thinking he doesn't want me to give the ball away. He wants me to pick out Grealish and Mahrez out wide and recycle possession. But he does want me to find Haaland, but I don't want to give the ball away. And they're caught in two minds and they just don't give it to him. And then you've got the other situation where De Bruyne would look for those passes, but he's not been in the best form either. Um, you've got a bit of a paradoxical situation there when he's got loads of assists this season, more than anyone else in the Premier League, but he's not been playing that well either. Yeah. It's like you were saying about Haaland. Yeah. Um, so there's a few different ingredients to it. Um, but yeah, like he, 
despite all these incredible numbers and the records he's broken and will break, he hasn't made them better yet. Um, I think it's just because of the way the team's set up. Like It's not easy to frustrate City and to frustrate Haaland, but most teams don't try and play like Leipzig did last night. And that's kind of an advert for why not. Because if you do try and open up and you do try and take risks, then it can just backfire so easily. Uh, De Bruyne seemed to have a bit of bite in his game last night and had a good game. The last mm. full 90 minutes I saw from City was against Newcastle, which was a good win. But it's no exaggeration to say the first five, six, seven times De Bruyne got the ball, he gave it away, which yeah. is you know hard to imagine if you didn't see the game. What's been your read on De Bruyne's season? Why is he not quite himself? As for why, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I only started thinking over the weekend what I was just saying there because with Bernardo Silva and Ilkay Gundogan, for example, if they're thinking, oh, we've got to keep the ball, but we need to pass to him, then maybe there's an element of that in De Bruyne's game. I think there certainly has been with Foden's. Foden's kind of lost his place and it's because he's not, for various reasons, but the tactical one is he's a bit more direct than Grealish and Mares and doesn't, kind of have quite the same appreciation of when to slow the game down and and not lose the ball so easily. And you think Guardiola's always trying to find this balance between the players like Foden, which are like Haaland and De Bruyne and Alvarez, and then the ones like Grealish, Mahrez, Gundogan, Bernardo, who can slow it down and have better control. Guardiola only seems to pick two of the more direct ones, and it's normally Haaland and uh, De Bruyne. With De Bruyne not playing well and Foden kind of improving a bit, You've got Foden coming back in. But then you think, Foden's kind of been caught in two minds sometimes. Does he go too much? Does he make those kind of, or try and make those killer passes and runs that Guardiola doesn't like all the time? Mm. So then he stops doing them and then he becomes a lesser player. So is there part of that with De Bruyne? Um, is he just having a bit of an off-season, which can obviously happen. It sounds like a cop-out for a journalist to say that, but it can happen. Yeah. Um, well maybe there's you know the World Cup factor tied after that I know he wasn't in top condition when he came back um, all these different reasons I don't know but it, it is interesting because sometimes that Newcastle game was a good example he actually got taken off after about an hour yeah. he wasn't playing great no. but in a lot of games this season he's not been playing great but he still gets an assist somehow Yeah, well, he, still, he still gets two assists somehow and that's happened several times this season and that's the other strange thing about it as like as poor by his standards as he has been he's still putting up those numbers no it's but true if he he's, can, he's poor if he can get back good. to it and start finding Haaland and then Haaland in this kind of form yeah. then that's really where you see it going to the next level yeah uh, this is such an interesting Manchester City season on various fronts so uh, the league uh, Arsenal look increasingly likely to be there thereabouts and City will have to play serious football to keep pace mm. and overtake them that said in the Champions League starting to feel like it's a yeah, this is a really good chance for City the way things are are shaping up there is the off the field charges which I'll, I'll ask you about in a few moments time and then there's just <laughs> just a sense it's not uh, the way Pep wants things um, so we'll come to Cancelo in a moment again I've got this list of things to ask you about the Cancelo uh, transfer out of nowhere uh, Pep you know outing Calvin Phillips and his weight and I suppose that the quotes um, which maybe encapsulated the season the third week of January City go 2-0 down to Spurs and Manchester City come back and win 4-2 and Pep said afterwards passion, fire, desire the want to win all missing from the first minute our fans silent for 45 minutes we are far away 
from the team that we were. We're far away from the team we were. There are many things uh, where we are far away. Our fans must push us, must demand more, have to shout. And then the line which made the headlines, we are a happy flowers team and I don't want to be a happy flowers team. Uh, I mean, in a way, I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but it also encapsulates uh, the issue with City. There's there's something awry and, and he's he's identified it there. Yeah, well, I think that was more so the case. Like you say, that was the, th- the third week of January. I, I think they've been much closer to what they have been of late. I mean, I'm not I'm not coming on here disagreeing with you at all in terms of their their form around that period. I was I was right with you. You know, they they were decidedly not City. There was something missing. Um, all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes, as you kind of we'll get to with Cancelo, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't just him; there was others. Just that attitude, and it seemed like something had fallen away. But if you look at the even the form table going back a few weeks, the, like the last six games or so, they were top of it. And you think, that's interesting how they managed that. And since then, they've added another three wins, I think. Mm. They drew up Forest, but that was football. You know, they should have won 5-0, but yeah. okay. But you couldn't complain about the attitude or application or whatever. And now in the Champions League, again, because we're always looking out for Guardiola's mad lineups when it doesn't go wrong, you go, oh, he was overthinking this. But as well as the players you've got, you've also got a manager who is capable of making these changes and it working brilliantly. And that's what happened last night. So you add all those things in, Mm. they are coming back around to much more like what we expect from them. Now, they haven't won four Premier League games in a row all season, which backs up the point, you know, not just after Christmas, but kind of before it as well. Um, They do have an opportunity to do that, but then the first game back is against Liverpool. And even though Liverpool are far from the force that they have been. I'm sure they'll turn up for that game mm. and I'm sure Guardiola will kind of... I don't know, City always just find find a way to make it difficult against Liverpool. Liverpool have been struggling all season. They were struggling when City went to Anfield earlier in the season and, and Liverpool won. So that wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, there was definitely something missing and all those things that Guardiola was saying about the hunger and motivation and the focus, that was an issue. But I think it's less and less. I think the further we get away from that, yeah. chronologically the further they're actually getting away from that in terms of how it impacts their football. Uh, I think that's kind of largely been put to bed. Maybe they don't win anything this season, but I don't think they're going to go back to those kind of struggles. Yes, he was clearly frustrated then. What was going on behind the scenes, uh, Cancelo and beyond? Just various different... Players playing, or players not playing, sorry, for various different reasons, um, or being upset for various different reasons... And then because they were upset, they weren't playing. And then because they weren't playing, they were upset. And it was that kind of vicious cycle. So in Cancelo's case, he came back from the World Cup. And he said it himself since he's left Bayern Munich. And people I spoke to who were kind of defending him around that time, they were saying, look, if there's 45 games in a season and he only plays 44, he'll be unhappy. That's the kind of character he is. So he didn't play in Portugal's two knockout games at the World Cup. So he came back and he was upset. So Guardiola was like, well, he's not in the right frame of mind. And he's not, he's, he doesn't handle himself brilliantly when he's not playing. So Guardiola thought, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick him then. And then it, when he did give him the opportunities, he wasn't playing well. So then he was out of the team. And then the more he was out of the team, the more he was like openly complaining to the point where it got to the stage where everyone sat down. They went, right, let's just, let's just get you out of here. You want to go. It's not right for you to be here. Go. So that was the, the kind of big glaring example. But then I think there was other issues, you know, Walker, um, Laporte, Laporte still won. Laporte can't get a game for love nor money at the moment. Um, he'll well, he'll want to leave in the summer. Whether he does or not, we'll see. He had the same situation two years ago and couldn't go. But he's not 
been happy and he's he's not been playing and it's another vicious circle. I think there was a little bit of it with Foden, but also he had an injury as well, so that didn't help his mood. There's all these little things really. I think I'm trying to remember now. I think Bernardo didn't come back in great form, which is easy to forget now because he's playing very well again. Mm. But he didn't come back in great form. De Bruyne didn't come back. Um he played very well against Liverpool in the first game back actually. But after that and since then, it's kind of um, cost him a bit more uh, and the Phillips thing, they can't they can't really rely on Phillips to come in yet. So they did come back from the World Cup very disrupted through injuries and attitude and off-field problems. And that was why Guardiola kind of went so public to try and rally, rally everyone because it was like, well, we don't pick this up now. We're not going to win anything this year. And it was kind of his last-ditch attempt, last resort to try and get everybody put in together so they could actually do something this season. And mm. you'd have to say, well, you'd have to say it looks like it works. But I think when you ask some of the players about it, they, they don't even agree, let alone like acknowledge it work. Because for them, they see Guardiola saying all these mad things all the time to them to try and get them to be as intense as he is and to stay on top of it. And I think to an extent, it kind of washes over them. Yeah. But it something obviously did change after that because they are much better now. Yeah, it is interesting. Because, um, I mean, Cancelo is just such a quality player and fulfills such a specific role for City. And I dare say... Lots of Manchester City fans, uh, Rico Lewis and various centre halves who can fill in, and Bernardo Silva who can get thrown out there, notwithstanding. I would dare say, as they watched Cancelo leave and Zinchenko ripping it up for Arsenal, they thought, well, I mean, if he came home upset from the World Cup, play him, put an arm around the shoulder, don't fall out with him and sell him. He's one of our best players. But listen, Guardiola's Guardiola, and me and you are not. So I'm sure he yeah. had his reasons. But it, I, I did think, God, I mean, it's a big player to bomb out mid season. Yeah, but like you can't really, like, you don't want to overstate it too much because he wasn't going around like fighting, physically fighting people, but it was like a bad presence in the dressing room. Okay. And like just arguments and complaints and stuff. And at a time when he had enough things to worry about with other players who maybe weren't quite so angry about things, but didn't quite have the right mentality for various reasons, whether they were injured or feeling sorry for themselves or whatever. Yeah. It was like, we need to take this guy out of it you know I'm trying to sort things out here this guy's kind of noticeably dragging things down so let's let's move him out and move on yeah in terms of his ability you're absolutely right but if you, if you think about why were they so happy to get rid of somebody so good in a way kind of speaks for itself yes no fair point fair point um, the charges the 115 charges I mean like mm. it feels like such a long time ago since yeah. this was like the yeah. biggest story and stopped everyone in their tracks and I can't remember the last time I heard someone talking about it which is interesting yeah. well I, what, what are you going to talk about like it's, it's there now I mean I, I guess the next time we'll hear anything is when the, the panel the independent panel is made up yeah and the people will talk about that for 24 hours maybe just for the rest of that day if it comes out at lunchtime maybe for the rest of that day yeah. and then you wait for the panel to reach their findings and that could take a year or more so like yeah. I, it's strange because these charges are there you can mention them you know every now and again when we're doing this you know if City win the Premier League or the Champions League this season it'll be mentioned oh by the way this thing's still hanging over them but mm. what more can be said like we don't we don't know anymore um, and in terms of the last time people spoke about it like it, it doesn't it doesn't in terms of why in terms of things washing over the players they've been through this with UEFA and that Champions League ban they were you know all assured by City who genuinely believe that they've not done anything wrong and nothing's really going to come of it um, so it was just a case inside City of keep doing what they're doing 
and see how it plays out. And I, I think for the rest of us as well, it's not going to have a resolution one way or the other for more than a year, I'd say. Yeah. So think, let's just move, let's, you know, I think um, put a pin in it and move on. I think perhaps if City had been running away with the title, it, it would be the talking point almost because it's just in the absence of a compelling title race but the novelty of Arsenal yeah, right. and yeah. the fact you know that, that it is a compelling title race uh, the, the natural inclination is, is now to put that into the background so uh, look, people are generally aware at this stage the 115 uh, charges of breaching financial fair play over nine years uh, accused of failing to give a true and fair view of the financial position failing to include all the details of player and manager remuneration there is no statute of limitations here uh, what we can certainly say is that the Premier League would not have gone so public with so many charges unless they were confident in their case and what we can also say is that Manchester City are adamant that they're very confident in their defence um, we'll watch it play out it, it was very striking that Pep went all in behind the club Sam mm. Um from the summertime where he you know, had that line about, well, look, I've, I've told them I won't be friends with you tomorrow if you're lying to me, to yeah. I'm all in here. I'm absolutely all in. And he got like a hero's reception when he walked out at the Etihad. Now, I suppose if things go badly awry, he can say, well, they lied to me and they really did lie to me and they're terrible people and, and you know, pivot away that way. But uh, what did you make of uh, Pep going from, well, if they've, you know, I, I have assurances and I, I won't be their friend to... Trust me, these guys have done it by the book, and I'm right behind them. That that manoeuvring on his part. Well, you know, you're but that's the thing. You're making it sound like two different positions, but it's the same position. The point being, in the first place, if if they've lied to me, then then I'll go. But yeah. the point at the time was they haven't lied to me. Yeah, but did you? Do you they, do you, they, do you, they were do you consistent take, all the way through. No, I hear you, but do you, do you not take the point that it was very much? Uh, listen, I, I I've asked them, and and if they're lying to me, to I'm absolutely behind them. They've done it by the book. There is, it, no, no, it's, it's, a stronger, it's a stronger support. It might amount to the same thing, but it, it was a stronger line, I thought, on Pep's part. You wouldn't agree? No, but no. Because the I first think, time he's threatening them, the second time he's saying, we've absolutely done nothing and it's going to be proven. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that's the thing, he wasn't, he wasn't threatening them. It was, just, it was a kind of continuation. And I'm not sure why, I can't remember the context of why he said it in May last year, but it was the same stuff he was saying. Right. What was it, 2021? No. 2020 wasn't it pandemic uh, when when they had the cast uh, when they had cast overturning the Champions League ban everything he said then was kind of like well the club have told me this yeah um, and you know we'll, we'll I, I believe them and we'll see how it goes and then he felt vindicated of course because cast overturned the ban and he said well they they told me what was going on they were right and he doesn't trust the other clubs etc cetera, etc cetera. so whenever why ever he said this in in May I can't remember the exact context presumably it was at the end of the maybe they just won or were about to win and it was just another you know like you say a question about that kind of stuff yeah. gets, gets thrown in but it was entirely consistent I'm not saying he's right or he's wrong but it was entirely consistent what he was saying in May is exactly the same as what he said recently it wasn't a threat it wasn't like I'm going to go it was a they've told me mm. and I completely believe them and maybe he phrased it badly or maybe I'm explaining it badly but I mean I can't stress enough it wasn't two different positions okay no it was, I, I, t I take the point yeah. two positions and look you're in, sitting on his press conferences so it's good to get your sense of it because certainly the written word looked like May was a I'm keeping a degree of distance between me and the club and last no. month it looked like 
we've done nothing wrong here and, and you know I, I believe in these guys 100% they've explained it to me yeah. it did look like a stronger uh, show of support I suppose yeah well when when City got the, the charges through on that Monday that quote I saw it everywhere yeah. and everyone was taking it as oh well you know he's going to have to go now isn't he because they've been charged but first of all you know the, the charges and being found guilty isn't the same thing but also that wasn't that wasn't how he was saying it like that it just that just wasn't how he was saying it. It was uh, like I say, it doesn't have to be. I'm not saying he's right, and I'm not saying he's wrong. But sure. that, that consist that opinion has been consistent the whole way through. Okay, it's not, there's no like changing of position. It's not a stronger winning. That's interesting because that it definitely been kind of reported that way and felt that way. Uh, one last one. Uh, this is not the most important issue we discussed. I'm just going to play some audio. You can tell me what the hell's going on here. I'm a failure in Champions League. <laughs> so don't worry. Listen, I'm going to, 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 to explain a secret. So whatever happened this year in Champions League, winning, uh, even if I win this Champions League, we win this Champions we win this Champions League. In three Champions League in a row, I'll be a failure. I'm going to tell you something. I have three idols in my life. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Julia Roberts. Okay? These are my three idols. So for obvious reasons, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods is not it, and Julia Roberts as well. So Julia Roberts years ago came to Manchester. Not in 1990 with Alex Ferguson win the titles, titles and titles and titles. Came in the period like we were better than United this four or five years, huh? And he went to visit Man United. He, she didn't come to see us. So that's why this is even if even I win the Champions League will not be compared for the fact that Julia Roberts come to Manchester, they don't come to see us. So my idol. So that's why whatever happened, even I win the Champions League, we'll when you compare for the disappointment I had. So that you have to know it. Sam, I hear that and I feel like I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually couldn't hear that brilliantly, but it's fine because I heard it in the flesh last night and it was like, right, what is happening? Um, I, fortunately, I think he did say to German TV after the game that he had had a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> And I mean, it may have been one of those novelty glasses, you know, this like the size of an actual bottle that you get like your mother-in-law or something for uh, for Christmas. Uh, yeah, he, he had he had a few, you know, earlier on when you said he knows more than me and you, like he, he kind of, he was saying that as well. He goes, I have more info than the Twitter guys. He was like, I'm sorry, guys, I was right. And all these kind of things, he just felt like getting off his chest, but God knows where the Julia Roberts thing <laughs> came from. God knows. Uh, it, I mean, it, it was hilarious, but yeah. no, who knows? I mean, he, he can be a strange fellow at the best of times. In that, I, I think he's I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, you throw in alcohol into the mix and the emotions of a big victory. And I guess you get that, but not, not many managers are coming out with that kind of stuff, are they? More of it, more of it. Um, listen, super interesting. I like in, in some ways it is the most interesting city season of, of recent years in many ways. Someone wants to know, do you, does Sam think that he'll put Haaland at left back for the Champions League final? I mean, he may be, <laughs> it may be the answer. Um, I'm, I have been trying to think of what would be the most kind of outlandish Guardiola thing to do and also the thing that would get the most dismayed reaction and I think it will probably just be putting Haaland on the bench. <laughs> And just just playing um, playing Ferdinand's false nine again like last season. It'll be it'll be. I don't think he would do that. I just don't think he would do that. But that's why it's so kind of out there and yeah. the most dismaying reaction. I mean, we'll have, we'll have to see if they get that far. But there'll be something. Don't you worry about that. There'll be something. Yeah. But look, there was something last night. Nobody, the fans didn't really like playing Bernardo on the right wing instead of Mahrez or Foden, and it was a masterstroke. So. 
Yeah. It might work. I know. If you just play hard on the left back, maybe it works. Uh, the, 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 for every kind of wobble, there are like 10 examples of genius. So I think he gets a pass. Sam, brain stuff. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Emil. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks very much. Sam Lee there from The Athletic, who covers uh, City in the main. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.